Make sure you're following us on Instagram and on Twitter at T in the Shade. That's T-E-A in the Shade. If you're on Facebook, join us in our group, T in the Shade's Tea Hive. Sis. Hey, girl. How was your week? It was okay. <laughs> it's funny. I still have to think about this. Yeah. It was okay. Um, Nothing... You know, I'm, I'm reviewing in my mind. Hold up. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. It rained a whole lot here. Yeah. I thought so, I was going to have to swim here at one point. A very dreary week. Mm-hmm. But I survived. Who was that? Glory Gaynor. I survived. You okay. Know? So, yeah. How was your week? My week was cool. Um, yesterday was our producer, Relly's birthday. Ooh, happy birthday. How old was you? 36? 39. Okay, yeah, yeah, R.I.P. Um, and yeah, that was it, I guess. I can't remember anything else. Okay, well, I mean, that's good. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's good. If you can't remember, like, a horrific thing, then, then you know, that's good. That's I know cool one week. thing I do remember. What? I remember that I was very satisfied because my prediction was right. What was that? Nikki Minaj did continue oh, to lose boy. her mind. That was one of the last things I said <laughs> last week. That lady continued to go crazy. That's all I wanted to say. That's right. And you know what? Let me tell you. Okay. I was not engaged in the Cardi Nikki drama, right? Because uh-huh. I just, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't see it any other way. Follow both of them on social media. Literally, with this, I had to unfollow Nikki. Because you, you just, did. I did. I did. Oh, you can't sorry. do that to me. Now, granted, I only unfollowed her on Instagram. <laughs> but that's because I'm not really on Twitter often to yeah, see yeah. all of that. But you can't be doing it to me. I won't tolerate it. Yeah. I won't. H-Town crowd. Well, okay. Hottie stand not, up. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm I'm not an H-Town. I'm not a hottie. I just like her. Okay. I just like you her. You only stand up like that for Hurricane Chris? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right that for Hurricane Chris. Absolutely. Sorry. I get it. I'm the same way for you, GK. Thank you. I'll fight. Thank you. Okay, and this week we have a special guest. Woo! We are joined by Senate candidate Thierry Chenko. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah. I did mean, that. I've been yeah. practicing, baby. She's a listener. So how was your week? It was good. First off, thank y'all for having me. It's really cool to be coming. on the Tina yeah, Shea podcast. You. I know we've been talking about it for a while now, so mm-hmm. being able to actually be here is cool. No, my week has been good. We've been traveling a little bit. We were, I think, at the beginning of the week, we were in San Antonio, Dallas, Frisco, Austin, so we've been going around a little bit, but it's always nice when I'm back home in Houston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So he's going to join us this week. We're going to talk about the campaign. Yeah. We have questions. Some of the listeners, some of your supporters mm-hmm. have questions. Yeah. We're going to answer it all. Yeah. He told us nothing is off limits. Nothing is off limits. We love to see Listen, it. Listen, no shade to us, but this reminds me of when you go to church Sunday mm-hmm. and they bring the political person uh-huh. to church. <laughs> <laughs> to church to talk to you about what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> this so reminds me of that because this is a serious episode for us. Like, I know. The other episodes, we are shooting the shit, talking absolutely insanity. Yeah. Which is normal church. So. Yeah. In a line. But it can also be fun too. Like we can talk. We can yeah. talk. Like I said nothing's off limits. Let's have a good time. You gonna do your visitors? Uh, I still am. So that's what I say. <laughs> so typically, because we are very southern, we were raised very Baptist, Baptist. Yeah. southern yeah. backgrounds. So when we started the show some years ago, when Chris Brown was going through some things in his yeah. life, uh-huh. we started questioning whether celebrities have praying grandmothers because we did, right? So we thought we would intercede and pray for different celebrities. Mm-hmm. You know, to just kind of really back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to make sure God have it. I don't know. Yeah, because you know? yeah. somebody needs to ask. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Lord, can you step in? <laughs> step <wrong?" laughs> yes. So the only person we don't pray for anymore is Chris Ryan. When people don't... We don't pray for Bow Wow. Yeah, or Chris too. Brown. But it just feel like if you don't want my prayers, yeah. then okay, yeah. I can pray for somebody yeah. else. But how do y'all determine who gets into the non-praying list? It's just too much. Yeah. yeah. It's just too it's much. It's too much. Like, you don't want you don't want to be saved. Chris Brown and Bow Wow, we have probably prayed for them years. The most <laughs> we spent years praying for Chris Brown and Bow Wow for yeah. real. Okay. And I mean, we would dedicate a 30-minute prayer to them. <laughs> Y'all still want to clown? Have it. Okay. Five. You know, it's kind of like when the praying grandmother's like, okay, you want to learn the hard way? Yeah. I'll be here when you're ready to come and, home. And the, I'm going to give it to God. Yeah. I'm just giving it to God. Go ahead. Now you're on your own. Yeah. 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 Do what you want yeah. to. You grown. <laughs> so we always start by ushering in the spirit. Okay. And then that's when we get started, okay? Yeah. All right. Let's start it. <laughs> Welcome, 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 visitors, family, and friends. Because we should have some visitors today. Oh, yeah. So we want to try to feel yeah. welcome. Come on in, have a seat. Yeah, we definitely have visitors today. Um, I also want y'all to know the birthday boy is working hard. Hard we, today. You can tell we have a VIP on the scene. Yes. I mean, it's 30 cameras on I this. Mean, I don't yo, know where to Have look. y'all ever seen us look like this? <laughs> I just can imagine yeah. how crisp the video is. I wish I could see it. I might have to watch this episode back. Might be the only oh, I episode. will. And I'm going to, because I can see on my next profile picture coming from one of these oh, cameras. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I can right. feel it. Okay, yeah. So, we want to get started today. We are heavily praying on our new friend to take over the seat from Ted Cruz. Absolutely. So, that's our number one and our only prayer for today. Today. Yeah. Get him up out of there. Yeah, yeah. So first, before we get started with the questions, I wanted to open up the floor for you to just tell the people about yourself, your background, just... Yeah. So my name is Thierry Chanko, Democratic candidate for the United States Senate against Ted Cruz, born and raised in Houston. So actually not too far away from here. So I'm a Southwest Houston guy, was born in Sharpstown, then lived in A-Leaf, West Chase. So this is my hood. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, he, he put his hands in there. Yeah. Yes, that was, yeah. yeah. And so, but my parents from Cameroon, so mm-hmm. son of immigrants, dad was working at a gas station called Stop and Go off of Bel Air and Fondren whenever he got to the United States. My mom, server at Denny's, worked at dealers. So, I mean, they were making minimum wage, really mm-hmm. working to be able to give me a better life. And so, was able to grow up in the city. From there, graduated high school here. Went to McMurray University in Abilene, Texas. So, West Texas. Was able to play college basketball and tennis up there. Okay. Got my degree in political science. From there, moved to Washington, D.C., where I got my master's degree at Georgetown. Wow, so, okay. in Georgetown, stayed up in D.C. That's actually where I met my wife, who is behind the scenes, Gloria. Hey, So, met her up there, but stayed up there in D.C., civil servant, White House Office of Management and Budget, was a policy advisor up there, also worked on President Biden's campaign before coming back to Houston and serving as a nonprofit executive, providing home repairs to seniors, veterans, and low-income families at no cost to the homeowner, and now running for the U.S. Senate. So okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I guess a basic, an easy question is: yeah. like, at what age did you decide like you wanted to be in politics? Yeah. So I remember. At five years old, I was watching the election results from Al Gore and George Bush, mm-hmm. and I was actually at my uncle's place in Sharpstown, and I was and I was a little kid. So the way that I'm articulating it now, it wouldn't have been that way yeah, back right, then. Course, but I remember watching the TV and feeling like, man, I want to be involved in that process one day. And so, really, I would say five when I started having that itch. But when I was 13 years old, I was actually the youngest volunteer on Barack Obama's campaign. Okay. for president. Oh, wow. So that was really my first start. So short, chubby Thierry running around Houston, <laughs> yeah. knocking on doors, getting people to get involved, calling them. So that's really what really sparked the fire for me. Mm-hmm. Was able to actually go to Virginia during that campaign before I started the eighth grade mm-hmm. and helped out up there as well. So I would say when I was 13 helping out Barack Obama's campaign, mm-hmm. okay. that's really what kind of led to a life of public service. Okay. I love it. We've had this question before on here, uh, or rather discussion like uh, basically saying because you're I mean if you were 13 when Barack Obama was running you were quite younger than me (laughs) Uh, because I voted I believe so um, we were discussing like did you go like going with your parents to vote or like is that what kind of made you have an interest in it because I can tell you at 13 I probably only had an interest in it because I went with my mom to vote you know and I was able to push the button or you know something like that but I don't want I don't think school uh, gave me the interest in it so yeah. which was it for you yeah so I had growing up my really interests were always either in politics mm-hmm. or in sports oh, okay. so that I didn't really watch that many cartoons so mm-hmm. really from a young age but I mean seeing my dad vote I remember we were the one day he went to go vote in Walnut Bend mm-hmm. right in Walnut Bend so mm-hmm. when it being able to go with him and see that so that was something that also helped too but really it's something that I almost, I almost think of it as like a calling to public service that I've had oh, wow. right? just a real desire to want to help people through politics okay. so yeah at a really young age watching the news being involved so all of that stuff mm-hmm. played a role in who I am today okay yeah. now did you have a role like locally as far as with the Democratic Party was there anything you ever did locally first yeah so after uh so after 
after I started helping out Barack Obama's campaign, and that was 2000, what, 2008, from there, I started helping out candidates locally, being able to knock on doors, mm-hmm. doing some of the just kind of the grassroots work. Mm-hmm. And then while I was in college at McMurray University in Abilene, I actually came back home to Houston to work out on the campaign as an organizer. So I was in Acres home, knocking mm-hmm. on doors, getting people involved, getting people together. So my time with the Democratic Party locally, I mean, that's really since 13 years old, wow. you know, being able to help out, help different candidates. And even when I came back home to Houston, that was in 2000, that was a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. during those elections, being able to still go out and help people out, knock on doors, make phone calls, be engaged on the strategy. So all of that stuff has been something that I've been doing for a while now. Okay. And what made you decide, I guess, in this particular position? Because, you know, to me, and I'm a person that's not really too much into politics, especially when I was younger. So I don't even know how you decide, like, okay, I want to run for Senate. Yeah. 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 So I had always told myself growing up that I don't want to run for office just to run for office. I feel like that's what ends up happening a lot in our politics, where Mm -hmm. you have people that are really looking at these positions as stepping stones, Mm -hmm. but then they're not really fully invested in serving the people that they're supposed to be serving at that time and so and sometimes I had even asked candidates in the past like what's your vision why are you running and they would say I don't know I'm just on the ballot I was like no I never want that to be me so in 2022 after the midterm election that's in November I got really frustrated with what I felt like was a disconnect between the issues that everyday folks deal with especially the homeowners that we were serving and what I was seeing in the news and I felt like it was almost like we were living in two different worlds Mm -hmm. the people I'm serving what they're saying and then what I'm seeing on the news from politicians so in December I actually started a series called Talking Texas where I would travel across the state of Texas we recorded about 10 episodes Mm -hmm. and I'll ask people four questions where are you from what do you do what issues do you care about and what keeps you up late at night as I would ask that we went rural urban we were in Amarillo border we went down to McAllen Brownsville Mm -hmm. at the border and people were saying basically two two things that came out of that one we're voting for people and they're not doing what they said that they would do Mm -hmm. and we're suffering and we're struggling but things aren't getting better Mm -hmm. but then I also started to feel a conviction for the Senate race and so you know I took some time wrestled with it prayed about it fasted talked to my wife Gloria before saying you know what I gotta do this Mm -hmm. and so that's in April I left my job at the nonprofit, and then at the end of July we launched our campaign publicly Oh, wow. But it was out of a real desire to, because like I said, I don't want to, I never want to be in a position where I'm doing something, but there's not real conviction behind it. There's not real passion behind it, because then people can see that, Mm -hmm. right? And even whenever things get tough, because on this campaign, it hasn't been all easy. But what's kind of guided me through it and kept me motivated is that conviction for this role to be able to serve people in the United States Senate. Mm -hmm. Okay. For those that have been out of school a long time, maybe don't know, (laughs) what is it that a senator does for the people? What, what, what will you make happen for yeah. the people of Texas? So, uh, to break it down a little bit more, so every state has two senators Ooh. that represent them in Washington, D.C. And then, now, uh, so that's on the Senate side. On the House side, there are different congressional districts in the mm-hmm. state. And so, on the United States Senate, it's really serving as, kind of, I would say, like the chief public servant for the state in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, whenever you're going up to D.C., it's okay, what am I going to advance to help my state? And so, 
as well as being able to also vote on Supreme Court justices mm-hmm. and nominees. So mm-hmm. there are a number of things that come with that role. But the way that I view the role is, okay, I'm going up to D.C. looking to find ways of being able to make my state better, to bring mm-hmm. more dollars down, to advocate for the issues that Texas is facing specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and speaking of issues, yeah. so we looked at your website, yeah. which was... I want to say top amazing. tier. I appreciate yes. it. Thank you. Thank really you. enjoy. I feel yes. like if, if we didn't have this interview with you and I wasn't able to ask you questions, I feel like your website would tell mm-hmm. me exactly who you are, how you think, mm-hmm. and what you plan to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for the listeners, and it, it, you had several issues listed out. I love that you had a scripture for each issue yeah. and what you feel the solution is. Yeah. What would you say is your top five it's out five. of That's all five. the issues that you addressed? What do you think are the most important five? And can you tell us in order of importance? Mm. Yeah, so I would say top five. I would say the economy, education, healthcare, immigration, and childcare. Okay. So I would say those five. Um, and then I was in terms of kind of one through five, it's tough. A lot of them are interconnected. Mm, yeah. But what I will say is whenever we're on the ground talking to people, we've now been to almost 80 counties in the state. People keep bringing up the fact that they don't have enough money in their pockets to take care of basic responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Right. So even when you look at Harris County, where we're, where we're sitting at today, the average median income is just below $40,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're looking around $36,000, $38,000 a year. But child care... Of that one expense yeah. of child care is for most Texans is getting close to $10,000 a year yeah. per child. Yeah. Per yeah. child, right? Let alone you have two, three children. Yeah. So that's almost, what, 25% of your salary yes. mm-hmm. that's being taken by child care, let alone rent, which is continuing going up. Yeah. And so that for me is the huge piece for me is how do you find ways of being able to put more money in the pockets of everyday folks? Because, you know, oftentimes when I say that, people start thinking, oh, well, you want to give handouts. Mm. But the reality is people are working harder than ever before, right. mm-hmm. but they're getting more and more behind, yeah. right? which doesn't right. make sense. Or we're just stagnant. That's we're just, right. You know, yeah. we don't have the growth That's right. ability because the money we're making, we're spending. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the way, and something that I like to say is I think that folks should be in a position not just to be able to survive, but to thrive. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so that to me, so, I mean, in terms of bills, I think a $15 minimum wage bill is important. That's something that I'll be introducing, but also being able to examine things like CEO pay. So I don't know mm-hmm. if y'all know this, but since 1978, big business CEOs have gotten a 1,460% pay increase. But everyday folks like us have only gotten an 18% right. pay increase. Mm-hmm. So I can believe it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it, it doesn't make sense whenever these companies are making record profit and the people that are really grinding on are the day. Are the ones end, making the money. That's mm-hmm. right. Really. But they're not getting yeah. the money enough in their pockets. Yeah. So that's something that I really want to tackle as well because the economy is so important. If people don't have enough money in their pocket to be able to take care of basic responsibilities, let alone being able to have some breathing room to say, you know, I want to take my child to Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go to the park and just have some mm-hmm. fun, go to get to a restaurant. So those are the things that on a day-to-day basis I think about um, because that's what the people tell me. It's like, if I have more money in my pocket, it'll help my life and make it better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to hit that organ like eight times. <laughs> <laughs> you were preaching. You were really preaching. Okay. Now, with those priorities, yeah. what is it that you as senator would be able to do 
to affect those issues. Like, yeah. What's the trickle down? How yeah. will it trickle down from the decision you guys uh, present and make for the state? How will that trickle down to actually my pocket? Yeah, it's a really good question. So from an economic standpoint, what I'm talking about, so you have 100 senators mm-hmm. in D.C. And to be able to get most things, then you need 60 votes. Mm-hmm. So the primary way that a senator can kind of, you know, introduce their agenda is by bringing forward policy, being able to write a bill and say, look, this is a need that I see in my community. I'm going to introduce this legislation. And it's part of the problem with our politics today, because what I feel like happens is you have people that campaign Mm -hmm. and they give a lot of great talking points. And it sounds good. It's sweet. Mm -hmm. But then they get in the office and they're not introducing legislation. Mm -hmm. So people then feel like, well, you're saying all these things, but then you get in the office and you're not doing what you said. Right. And so, and I tell people, I don't, I'm not somebody that likes making false promises, right. but what I can tell you is I will provide an alternative. So on the, on, on my agenda, it'll be, you know, m- making sure that people get more money in their pockets, mm-hmm. being able to make sure that our schools, our public schools are stronger. I may be able to go up there and maybe 30 to 40% of what I wanted to do. Maybe we're able to pass legislation to get it done. And then there's another 60 to 70% where it's like, look, we weren't able to get it all the way through. I'd come back here and say, look, this is what we were able to get done. Mm-hmm. This is what we haven't gotten done done but trust me whenever we get back into session i'm going to continue on introducing legislation and continue on fighting until we get it done because we need that type of persistence right now right um i've always said this do you think that the senate um the house is just old and that they are just so far removed from what's actually happening out here that they don't have that drive they don't they're just used to the same old same old um culture yeah and we were recently told this by somebody that you know they're just used to how it is so it's just you know that's the culture yeah. do you think your youth you know will make a difference and will spark you know maybe a little fire to, to get more things done yeah i think so i think the age the age is important being able just to bring some new fresh energy but i think it's more just who are, who are the type of people we're electing Mm-hmm. Right. So another example of kind of the point you're making. So 60 percent of all senators are millionaires. Mm. So there's a perspective that you have and not mm-hmm. hating on anybody that's a millionaire. Right. Yeah, I am hating. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I am hating. <laughs> but oftentimes, whenever you have that much money, it's very easy to get out of touch. Yes. Right. And not be on the ground, really understand the needs that everyday folks are going through. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an age piece to it. But I think there's also kind of who are the type of people that we're electing? Okay. Yeah. Because. I'm 29 years old. Someone say I'm young, but I have a lot of conversations with seniors, right? And mm-hmm. talk about social security. Mm-hmm. Someone will say, well, you're not that you're not that age, so why does it matter to you? Well, I care about people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we got Texans in this state that are older, that are now on social security, yeah. that don't have enough money because they're on a fixed income yeah. and utility bills are going. So having someone that actually cares about people is what mm-hmm. I think the priority should be because you can have a young person in there that doesn't care about people. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. right. I'm sure we have people that we know that are young. You're like, man, they're kind of selfish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you can have older people in there that have an understanding of, hey, look, I need to stay tapped in with people that are younger. So mm-hmm. our focus really really should be, okay, who are the type of people that we're electing and how are we holding them accountable mm-hmm. so that if they start getting out of touch, we can vote them out of office immediately. Right. So right. there's an accountability piece to it too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, do, did you ever have a moment, and I guess this was probably in the beginning stages when you were still, you know, praying about it, yeah. discussing it. Did you ever have a moment where you felt like, do I r- really feel like I could go against Ted Cruz? And I say that because... 
his followers are just gonna follow him blindly mm-hmm. to the end of the earth, For right? Sure. It's really gonna take effort to, you know, get him out. Mm-hmm. So did that ever frighten you? Were you ever like, I don't know if I could do this? Like, No, it didn't frighten me because I've tried to, to your question, I've tried to stay connected with people. Mm-hmm. And even living in, so born and raised in Houston, city boy, but living four years in Abilene, which is West Texas, mm-hmm. is not urban. Mm-hmm. I was able to see that even though rural Texas has some unique issues, at the end of the day, people really want the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? They want a good paying job. They want to be able to have access to good health insurance. Mm-hmm. They want to make sure that the public schools are strong. And so there is a wider population of people that may vote Republican or Democrat that really just want government to work for their benefit. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. so that's something that I've always kept top of mind. So there are going to be some people that are going to vote for Cruz. It doesn't matter what I say. Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah. what he does. Right. But then the majority of people, though, I believe are people that are examining things. Because I talk to Republicans as well as independents mm-hmm. on this campaign. I just don't talk to our Democrats. Mm-hmm. And everybody's saying the same thing, that the system is broken. And so there's an opportunity with the right type of message that can get black, Hispanic, white everybody on board to say mm-hmm. you know what we need this type of leadership in Washington D.C. Yeah I for sure just I don't think it's just Democrat Republic, yeah. in, Republican yeah. anymore you know like it, it's just far surpassed this label yeah. you know everybody really is struggling yeah. you know even if you do have a good paying job you know you still are kind of strapped yeah. you can't do as mm-hmm. much you know yeah. so the whole democratic republican like who cares yeah. like, I feel what like the politicians are still very much democrat versus republican mm-hmm. I feel like the people are very much like what can we do to fix yeah. it yep. like this is not like yeah. Yeah. yeah and because I think so 40% of the state of Texas makes under $15 an hour mm. wow right? but that's not a democratic pro- pro- right. problem right. that's right. not our problem that's just Texans yeah. that make under $15 <laughs> yeah. an hour yeah. Yeah. Right? so when you look at these things and you look at who's suffering it's not just one party exactly it's people that represent different parties different backgrounds so it's why you know I'm proud of the campaign that we're running because I believe we have a message and a vision that can connect with people in all different types of Mm -hmm. backgrounds and spaces because like you said people are struggling it doesn't matter who you vote for at the ballot box yeah yeah Yeah. I was gonna ask you what was the big uh, difference between going to college in Abilene and then moving to D.C. for like for grad school that's in like I mean, two different worlds, honestly. How was that? Yeah, it was... So being from Houston, then going to Abilene, it was clear that there was a, just a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You know, Abilene's a town of around 125,000 people. Mm-hmm. So you're going from all these people around yes. here when you walk outside to now going outside like, man... <laughs> not that many people out here. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's a lot more slow pace. So mm-hmm. there was some actually, I actually appreciated that a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Being able to have the slower pace and being so busy playing college basketball. So it's like another full-time job too. Yeah, so yeah. having to juggle all these different things. But now then moving from Abilene to DC, it got me back into the big <laughs> yeah. city mode where yeah. things are going at a hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, I think I adjusted actually pretty fast. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that hard of an adjustment, but it was noticeable. I remember my first day being back in D- being in DC and I was like oh yeah this is a big city yes. <laughs> this is not, yeah. you know cause in Abilene a lot of things close at 9pm wow really whereas in DC I mean it's open all, it's all night yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah. that actually is similar to a question that we got on Twitter yeah. from Jesse Garcia he said you're campaigning with regards to listening to rural Texas 
Texas, but we all know four metros determine who is in power in Texas. How do you navigate looking out for rural interests while not pissing off urban residents because the two have very different priorities? Yeah, so the one, thank you, Jesse, for asking the question. So I don't necessarily see it that way. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it's two different priorities. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, when 40% of the state makes $115 an hour, that's in Houston, Abilene, Rock Springs, Alpine, that's all over Mm -hmm. the state. There are some unique problems, though, that rural Texas faces. Mm -hmm. So we were in Rock Springs, actually, and they said, our post office doesn't do physical delivery. Right. Oh, wow. I had the same I had the same exact <laughs> I mean not even one person yeah. in a car None, like nothing. So if so if you have mail coming in and you don't go to the post office and pick it up, it's getting mailed back. Really? Oh wow. Right. So what ended up happening, what's wow. happening is you have especially seniors but people that have their medication coming through the mail Mm. and now it ends up becoming a life and death situation because it's being sent back Mm. so that's something that we take for granted in a city like Houston Mm -hmm. whereas in West Texas and rural Texas you have to deal with that or having to drive an hour and a half to an emergency room or a hospital so there are some unique problems that rural Texas faces however whenever you think about cost of living when you think about public education making sure that it's strong we think about just being able to have access to health insurance here in Harris County, about 25% of the population doesn't have health insurance. Wow. So, and Texas is actually the most uninsured state in the country. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the most uninsured. So those are issues that you're seeing all across the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for us, it's not a conflict. I think we we talk about things. So rural Texas has been a huge part of our campaign because it gets neglected. Mm-hmm. Right? People oftentimes, to Jesse's point, people do think about just the urban areas yeah. and they leave rural Texas behind. So we want to make sure, and that's who I want to be just as an individual, even leave the politics to us aside, mm-hmm. is be a voice to the voiceless. Mm-hmm. Right? Be an advocate for people that don't have someone that's kind of fighting for them so it's why rural Texas has been important for us but a lot of places around the state are dealing with the same issue so when mm-hmm. I think about priorities mm-hmm. we're really not having to shift our messaging that much from an urban or rural place because those same issues that we're talking about are Effect, being yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right everywhere Affect each other yeah, yeah. Wow, I did not know that Texas was the most uninsured. That's crazy. When I think about, I guess, the rural areas, you know, that makes a lot of sense. How how would you help solve that issue? How would you help get them a mail carrier? I mean, because... Granted, that is a huge issue. I mean, Houston itself is having a huge issue with the the post office Mm -hmm. and whatever location downtown with the sorter that's broken and just a bunch of foolery. Like, so, I mean, it affects both of us, but so how... How will you as senator help those people with that little everyday problem? Yeah, and you know, I think on this issue, it's less about policy and mm-hmm. more about just caring about people and being connected okay. to people on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's why I, when I view this role, I view it as someone that's actually being able to help with coordinating, being on the ground, mm-hmm. talking to the mayors in different spots, talking okay. to state representatives. What's going on with y'all? The post office is a federal government entity, so. Yeah. 
there's some things that we can do on the federal level to make sure, hey, in Rock Springs or in Sonora, this is going on. This yeah. cannot be going on. We yeah. got to find a solution to yeah. this. Mm-hmm. But it's also staying connected to people. I think that's a part of the issue with our politics right now, too, is mm-hmm. a lot of politicians have huge egos. Mm-hmm. right? So it's like they're territorial. Okay, I have this power. I'm going to keep it to myself. I don't want to talk to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Whenever we should actually be working together. Right. right. Which is why I say, and maybe it doesn't make sense for me to be saying this on the campaign trail, but voting for me is important. But what's just as important, if not more important, is voting for your local officials. Ooh, yes, right? yeah, it's closer yeah. to home. So yeah. getting your trash picked up, being able yeah. to know, okay, this is who I can go to if my water or sewage is Those are the things that we need is more coordination so that you can stay locked in because it doesn't make sense that a post office isn't doing physical delivery mm-hmm. and it's been like that for years. Mm. That's crazy. Right? And nothing has happened. Right. Right? It right. means that there's a lack of coordination going on. Mm-hmm. So on that, that's the way that I think about is being able to make sure that we're coordinating better. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, another question is if, if you just had to say it overall in one sentence, or maybe not one sentence, but if you had just a quick spiel, why should voters vote for you? Yeah. In one sentence, that's good. Well, that's what I say. Maybe yeah. not one sentence, no, no, no. that's right, but yeah. No, I feel like he kind of just said that. Yeah. Though. Yeah, no, I mean, if voters should vote for me because we're wanting to create a new way forward in Texas mm-hmm. that's really focused on serving everyday folks and working families in the state because everyday folks are getting further and further behind and the politicians we've been electing have been doing everything but actually fighting for the people they mm-hmm. should be fighting for. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone that's frustrated with the system, that feels like government isn't working the way that it should, then in this election you should be voting for Thierry Chenko. Okay, come on. We like that. Mm. That's a good clip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I need to clip, clip that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so you were interested in politics at a very young age. Yeah. You, you know, you have memories of watching elections, going with your parents to vote. If there was someone else who was younger, let's say maybe high school, and they feel like they have an interest, but they don't necessarily know where to start to get involved, how would you recommend someone to be able to get their foot in the door to explore that? Yeah, so I have two answers. The first answer is, if you're watching this, I'll give you my phone number. It's 832-786-0809. That's 832-786-0809. It's a really important issue to me because as a young kid, I felt isolated Mm. because I felt like, well, I'm interested in politics, but it's so hard to get connected with people in politics. And lucky enough, I was able to get connected to the Barack Obama campaign. Mm -hmm. There were some things that worked out for me, but Mm -hmm. for most kids, it doesn't work out that way. You don't even know where to go to begin with. And so, you know, I was actually just in Frisco and there was a high school student that was talking to me about actually abortion issue. And he says, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm struggling with this. Can you, you mentioned your Christian faith. Like, can we talk about it? And I said, no, here's my phone number. I got to leave, but let's stay connected. And so we've been, we've been texting over the last couple of days oh, wow. because I think that's important. Mm-hmm. That's important to not hoard information. And if we want the younger generation to be involved, to be active, then we have to find a way of being able to get them to be connected and be right. excited right. and say, look, we're creating a culture where you can get engaged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that's important. But I would say, so if you're watching this, please call me, text me, let's get connected. But also reach out to your city council member. 
entrepreneur, reach out to the folks that are, I mean, you can do an easy Google search, who represents me? Mm-hmm. And reach out to those offices and see if they have internships, if they have programs. That's a way of being able to get involved at the local level. And it's okay. why people should actually take me up on my offer because if you're anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country really, and you have a question about that, send it to me and we'll make sure to send you some links so that you can get connected in your hometown. Okay, all right. Now, this might be off the wall. No, it's good. Come on. I know she said you're a Christian. I'm a Christian, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a Christian, too. But I smoke marijuana. Yeah. So, (laughs) what are you going to do for the state for... I know, I know right now it is legalized up to, like, a certain amount. Um, but as far as, like, dispensary rise, I don't think it really is kind of on the level of, like, Colorado uh, to that effect of making money. Like, so what could a senator do for uh, people like me that, you know, may want to get into that side of business? And I don't necessarily want to move to where it is legalized and yeah. available, you know, what what can be the future of Texas with it? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm definitely for decriminalizing marijuana 100%. Now, a lot of the nuts and bolts of that issue are actually on the state level. Okay. All right, so that's your Governor Abbott's, your oh, Dan Patrick's, yep. <laughs> Wheelchair Abbott, Jesus Christ. So the nuts and bolts of that issue are actually on the state level. So it's why voting is important, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you want to make sure that you get certain policies through, then you got to make sure on the state level that you're voting for people that are going to be able to advance those causes. Mm -hmm. One thing that we looked at, and I just thought about it because of something you said. One thing that when we were looking at the policies and the issues on your website, I really appreciated the fact that you acknowledged that while you are a Christian and you do have Christian beliefs, you also respect Mm -hmm. LGBTQ plus Mm -hmm. issues and equality issues. Is that something, especially when you're coming into politics in Texas, is that something that is hard for you to, I don't want to say come to terms with, but was was it hard for you to kind of reconcile? Like you mentioned the student who was like, I'm Christian, I have these beliefs, but then mm-hmm. I also believe this. Did you ever have, you know, issues coming to terms with that are really feeling comfortable putting it out? No, because I think in our society today, so a couple of fundamentals for me, I believe that everyone was created in the image of God, which means that everybody has respect and dignity. Mm-hmm. Right? That's something that everybody and no one has more or less of that than the next person. Mm-hmm. And in our politics and in our country, we kind of express that view of respect and dignity through the rights that we give people. Mm-hmm. Right? So no one should be saying, well, I can't access housing or healthcare because of my sexual orientation. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And so if there are gaps there, then we need to find a way of being able to fill those gaps mm-hmm. because I believe that everybody has respect and dignity should mm-hmm. have rights. Right? And that's not even, there are some people that may disagree or agree with kind of the lifestyle or whether the Bible condones or doesn't condone, but that's a different conversation. Yeah. The conversation we're having is, does everybody deserve equal rights? And the answer is yes. And so for us, that's something that is important because in our state right now, we have a group we have a group of folks that just don't have equal rights the same mm-hmm. way that others do so mm-hmm. if you identify as trans or gay, you may end up not you, you can get kicked out of a public establishment yeah which right? is crazy mm-hmm. somebody can deny you housing someone yeah. can say well actually we're not gonna hire you at our workplace yeah. that's unacceptable yeah mm-hmm. right so be 
being able to advocate for those, I actually think, you know, there is, that's not consistent with my Christian belief if I'm not fighting to make sure that people have equal access to right. these different things. Right, because, yeah. right. I mean, God loved all, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. He didn't have his picks and chooses. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's what we learned in church, that's yeah. what we should live. So, yeah. Yeah. so it's not a, it's, so it's not, it's not a, for me, it's not a conversation on, you know, what I believe marriage is or isn't. It's a mm-hmm. conversation of we express our respect and dignity for people through the rights that we give them, mm-hmm. right? And even whenever, if you take it back to the 50s and the 60s, there was a gap because black folks didn't have the same amount right. of rights right. as others, right. right? So that's just another thing in line. No one, regardless of your sexual orientation, your race, your religion, you should have to go through feeling like, well, I can't even get a home because I'm going to get denied because of one of these factors. So I think it's a gap in the Civil Rights Act that I would actually work Mm -hmm. to amend to make sure that sexual orientation, gender identity is covered. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, We had another question on Instagram, but we actually already tapped into it. But I just wanted to shout out, I think it's DJL Inspires. They had also asked what you would consider the number one issue. Um... That's your top priority to change when you get in office. Yeah, yeah. So that would go back to that that economic piece mm-hmm. with the minimum wage mm-hmm. and then holding CEOs accountable and actually capping CEO pay to 100 to 1. So right now it's at 356 to 1, yeah. even though in the 60s and 70s it was around 20 to 1. Yeah. Wow. Right, so, I mean, it's getting worse and worse. So being yeah. able to, but also looking at things like education, making sure our public schools have more money to be able to increase teacher pay, you know, decrease class sizes. Because mm-hmm. right now, so in our state, there's really some Republicans, especially Ted Cruz. He's one of the biggest proponents of this is taking money out of the public school system and really giving it to his private billionaire donors. Mm-hmm. Or that's what he's trying to do. So for me, I actually see the public school as the hub of the community yeah. where, you know, you can go and get a four-year degree. I was able to get one. My dad was able to get one. That's a good thing. But what also should be a good option is learning how to become a welder, learning yeah. how to become a plumber, Absolutely. being able to have those workforce development trainings Absolutely. in the public school, being mm-hmm. able to get mental health care in the public schools. We know yeah. within our community it's kind of a stigma, mm-hmm. right, yeah. mental health access. So being able to have that there, being able to get housing assistance. So I really view the public school as really being the center mm-hmm. of the community where everybody can come and say, okay, I have this need. It can get addressed here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another the, the education is such a big issue for us. I mean, honestly, just down to the basics. I yeah. mean, bring back typewriting class, yep. bring back <laughs> cursive, yeah. um, civics and free enterprise. Yeah. Like, those are very important classes. Yeah. When you're in middle school, you know, learning about a bank account and debits and credits mm-hmm. and writing checks and like that's just important because when you go to work and they're like, oh, here's these forms to fill out. And you're like, oh, I don't know how to fill out a tax form. Right. And like you're trying to call your mama or <laughs> yeah. read the crazy ass instructions uh-huh. on the back. And you're like, wait, so I'm a, di- wait, so I claim myself? Wait, so, like, you know, yeah. I yeah. remember like looking at the like, huh, 401k, like, huh, yeah. price match, what is that? Like all of that is very, very important. I don't know, just a basic, basic education level. level for you to live, yeah. for you to understand your retirement. And 
I don't think we actually take advantage of the nonprofits that we have that are doing some of that great work on financial literacy, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. And it's why I talk about coordination. Some of this stuff isn't necessarily a matter of legislation. It's a matter of do you care? And mm-hmm. are you tapped in on the ground to what people are doing? To because get to those people, to get right. that message out. That's mm-hmm. right. Because there's so many, non- even in Houston, there's so many nonprofits in the city that are doing some really good work, but people don't know about them and kids aren't able to benefit mm-hmm. from those nonprofits because they're not getting connected to yeah. those school districts. Yeah. So that's something that's a big piece because you're right, just basic needs that aren't yeah. being addressed in school, but then you're expecting these kids to now get out and not automatically be and able to. And know what to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So do you do you feel like when if when you get elected and you have all this work to do in D.C., do you feel like you'll still be able to be out in the communities, going to all these different counties, helping make these connections? Yes, 100%. That's something that actually would be a huge part mm-hmm. of what I'll do. I actually wouldn't move to D.C. Mm. I would live in Houston. Okay. So it makes it a lot harder, and it's why a lot of politicians don't do it because mm-hmm. it's kind of comfortable to stay in D.C. But if I represent Texas, why am I not living in Texas? Yeah, absolutely. Right? So yeah. I would stay in Houston and be going around the state, continuing on talking to people all across the state. I would also expand. So there are constituent service offices, which is basically like community relations or community outreach specialists that mm-hmm. every senator has. Ted Cruz doesn't have an office west of Austin. Right, so that's like a hundred over a hundred and thirty yeah. counties that you I mean, got to drive. Not tapped into. That's right, and so we would actually have offices all over the state to make sure that someone on our team can address you. You can go somewhere and say, "Look, I'm dealing with this healthcare claim mm-hmm. or this social security. Can you help me?" Mm-hmm. And there's somebody there directly in person that can do that. So, yeah. no, being able to stay tapped into the people on the ground is extremely important for me. It's what I've done my whole career: mm-hmm. organizer, nonprofit executive. Yeah. It's really being with the people, and the moment that you get away from that that's whenever you start losing your way and so I want y'all to hold me accountable to that too right the people watching please yeah yeah because it's important it's important to be able to understand because as things evolve and things change if you're not on the ground listening if you're not holding town halls then how do you know what's going on it's why we're proud super proud of I mean we're holding town halls all over the state Mm -hmm. talking to people and I mean sometimes we have folks that disagree with us I was in West Texas and there was a Trump Republican Mm -hmm. that was there he was talking a little crazy mm-hmm. right and I actually told him look if I was any other Democrat I would have kicked you out of here yeah right yeah. but because I care about you as long as we have a respectful conversation I won't assume anything about you but you also don't assume anything about me yeah mm-hmm. let's have a real conversation and then at the end of the conversation let's see where we end up at at the end he said man you did a good job mm-hmm. right so that's what it takes is being on the ground so to your question yeah I would continue on making sure that I'm traveling the state talking to people and I really want people to hold me accountable on that because that's that should be you know people praise us for how much we've been traveling across the state mm-hmm. but I really think that that should be the norm yeah. right? and I appreciate the compliments I'll take it yeah. <laughs> I'll take the compliments but that should really be the norm that's what mm-hmm. we should be expecting I feel like we just accepted the bare minimum mm-hmm. from our elected officials and we can do a better job there okay. and when you say hold you accountable like not even with you but let's say with our current even local politicians mm-hmm. what can people do if they feel like their politicians are letting them down or you got elected and I haven't heard from you since yeah. What can we do to try to, you know, hold their feet to the fire? Yeah, I think, you know, to start off, you know, giving some of these elected officials grace, being able to write to their office, call their office, say, look, what are you doing? What are the initiatives that you're doing? What is the policy that you're introducing on your level to take care of some of the needs that we're addressing? Mm -hmm. But kind of from a big picture standpoint is not voting for them. 
that's the that's the way that people learn in yeah. this industry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is yeah. whenever you see your vote margin reduced, it's like, oh, maybe I'm not doing something right. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure to change up. Because that's yeah. the biggest thing. I think folks, their main and their main kind of objective is to get reelected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if they feel like, man, I'm getting closer and closer to not getting reelected, you'll then start seeing changes in the process. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, that's why voting is important. Absolutely. Voting is extremely yeah. important because Absolutely. that's how you hold elected officials accountable for either doing or not doing what they said they would do whenever they were campaigning. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes my struggle with voting is like when I go to the poll, it's like 80 different options yeah, yeah. that has to choose from it. I don't know half these people. I don't know what their policy was. So sometimes before the election, I don't know how to really find out who is on my body, what are their platforms. Yeah. You know, I feel like I would have to spend all weekend probably Googling all these people, find their websites. Yeah. I wish there was an easier way for me to find out, like, these are the people that's on my ballot. These are their platforms. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's well, what. Well, let me ask y'all then, what would... Because I definitely hear that a lot, too, that I think even for this last mayoral election, like the, the ballot is so long and there's all these people's names. But what would be something that y'all would appreciate? Is that a card? Is that something on social? Like what what kind of format would be good for y'all to say, you know what, this is an easy way for me to process this. And now I can know who's running. So for me, I'm very old mindset. I remember getting the placards in the mail with yeah. the face on them and then everything on the back that they stood for or, you know, what they were going to do or, you know, what they were saying. And I just remember it just familiarized me mm. with them rather than a commercial. Nowadays, we're, we don't really watch commercials. Yeah. I'm fast forward through that. I'm streaming it. They don't have commercials. It's 30 seconds. Yes. So for me, it would definitely be something... Um, in the mail and whether it's a nonprofit that puts it together of these are the people that we think will be for us and regardless of political party just somebody with some good policies Mm -hmm. you just showing me who they are so I would definitely say um, something to read for me because now it seems like they just wait and when you pull in to go park to go vote it's like all of them trying to hurry up and get cards and it's like well it's too late now baby I'm already here sometimes I wish maybe there was like maybe like a website where I could just put in my zip code maybe and Mm, then it mm -hmm. shows me what I'll see on my ballot and maybe like where it lists your name I could click and it'll take me to your website Mm -hmm. or even if I could just see it then I could google it from there but even like the proposition and stuff I don't know so I get there oh yeah I definitely hate voting on amendments Hmm. Yeah, and then that's the hardest thing to do. Last election, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That language, you end up reading it three, four times (laughs) because I don't even understand the question fully to know if I'm against it or for it. Then you get to work the next day and. The VP of Finance is like, did you vote for? And I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes I wish there was a place where even if that, if it was just a list, and I could do my research from there. But I feel like I show up at the poll and I just. Now, I maybe know three people I'm voting for and the rest I'm winging it. 
But now how much information is too much information, right? Because let's say, leaving the conversation we're having today we're on our website, mm-hmm. right? We have our policies listed mm-hmm. out, but a lot of folks are like, man, I don't have time to be reading all that. So what would y'all say is a good kind of middle ground? Based off your page, I think you, yeah. you gave us straight, right? Two, three sentences, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I don't need a paragraph or like an <laughs> additional story as to why this hits for you, like... Okay, you know, give me the intro, the, give me the body, and then then refer back to the intro. Yeah. Real, you know, easy. And even the way you had the list of issues on the left, and you could click the ones you wanted to read. Because some of them, I was like, oh, okay, well that makes sense. It's a given. I don't mm-hmm. really need further. Whereas with some, I clicked it because I wanted to see what your thought was. Yeah. Even once I realized, like, okay, he puts the issue description, his solution, like. It was some, even though they were self-explanatory, I just wanted to see, to get a feel of who you are, how you think. So sometimes I just wish I could go somewhere, see it, do my research. Because, you know, you don't have to have it all when I put in my zip code. You don't have to tell me everybody's platform. But at least if I can see names, if I can see what the proposition is, Mm -hmm. I can do the research that I feel I need to do. That's a really good idea. You probably should have just did that on your own. I mean, but you would I have would, to compile the list of all the people, though. But I'm just saying, that's I would like a, if I knew how. I'm, yeah. I really would do the work because. And we've talked about this before because I did want to say you're not the first politician we've reached out to, but you're the first one that took us up on the offer. Mm -hmm. And it was strange to me because we're that age. Like, Mm -hmm. we're that age where I still feel young, but I know I'm grown. And so (laughs) it's time for me to take... Not that I'm, I never took politics no. serious, but it's just on a different level now. Yeah, yeah. Because these issues really do affect do. me. Yes, yeah. And yeah. so to me, and your I would, children. Yeah, uh-huh. like when you were talking about childcare, I remember when we were going into our adoption, we adopted twin girls. I remember the cost of insurance was so high that we were really debating on should one of us just not work? Mm-hmm. Will we come out ahead if only one person worked and the other person stayed? at home with the kids because mm-hmm. twins like we had twin babies like mm-hmm. daycare yeah. is not cheap yeah so I mean I will put in the work to help make it happen because like when I first saw you on Twitter and I don't even know how I saw your tweet but I was just like why is nobody talking about him why mm-hmm. have I never heard his name why is this my first time seeing him so I've just been retweeting even before I mentioned that I wanted to have you on the show yeah. because of previous experience I kind of gave up on trying to have a politician come Yeah, I was like they're just not going to come and it's cool but I just felt like somebody needs to know his name mm-hmm. somebody needs to know his thoughts like this is important that. yeah yeah. So yeah, I'm really glad you came. No. We not just because you're young, because you're black, because you're from here. Like we I I can speak for me. I really believe in your you thoughts. You can speak for me. Well, okay. <laughs> we really believe in your thoughts. Like when we read your website, we were just like mm-hmm. floored. Okay. Like mm-hmm. if we could have handpicked somebody and said what we wanted them to think, yeah. it was your website. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I was really lot. excited about having you on. Yeah. Thank Especially you. the scriptures, because I love to talk about the word. Yeah. Yeah. And because 
because we are in a state where people will use the Bible mm-hmm. to make decisions for other people. Yeah. So I really appreciated that you used it to say, yeah, this is what the Bible says, so therefore mm-hmm. this is what we should be doing. Yeah. Like, I, I really felt that. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate that. You know, part of the reason why we did that was because we felt like oftentimes with politicians, they make decisions, but you don't know what's really gotten them. You don't know mm-hmm. what principles are underneath everything. Right, so they right. can feel like they're just doing the thing that's most politically expedient, the most easy thing politically instead of doing what's the right thing to yeah, do. Right, yeah. So it's why being able to have, and for those watching on our website, we actually have our four Ps. It's who I am as a person, what are my principles, what do I think is a problem, and then my policy proposal. So that people can kind of take that journey with me. They can learn who I am. Yeah. Because being born in Sharpstown, living in Southwest, that helps shape who mm-hmm. I am as a politician today. My biblical faith helps shape who I am today. Yeah. Even the problems that I see, right? Yeah. But at least you're able to see, okay, this is how he filters through all of that to get to what he thinks is the problem, and then how do we fix it? Mm-hmm. So it's encouraging for me to hear y'all say that, because that's what we wanted. We wanted people to say, okay, I have a better understanding of Thierry after going oh, yeah. through this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and also because it came across, like, that's how a lot of it is how we feel. It's how I feel like all my friends feel the same way. You can be pro-life and pro-choice, mm-hmm. if you think about it. You, mm-hmm. Regardless, well, if you're pro-choice, you're pro-life. Yeah. Like, I feel like you should be able to make that decision to bring life into the world. That's mm-hmm. pro-choice. So it was little stuff like that that was like, finally, mm-hmm. like, finally somebody that makes sense. Yeah. It got some common sense. That basic, yeah. Yeah. Basic sense. And so that's why, like, we were really excited to have you on. No, we wanted I'm you to convey your message. And, like, what could us, our listeners, your supporters, what can we do to help support you? Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is a grassroots campaign. So, you know, it's person by person. So if you're watching or y'all, you know, if you have, we have, and hopefully I'll share our website, but on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, please share our page with people, you know, tag us so that we're able to get that word out to everybody, Mm -hmm. share it with 10 friends. But also, you know, we do take financial contributions so that we're able to continue going around and talking to people. So you can do that at chenkofortexas.com. But really, it's a grassroots campaign. So, you know, email us, go to our website, be able to, you can write down your name, how you'd like to help us, and we'll get in contact with you. Yes, there is a donate button, you guys, on the website, top right-hand corner. Yeah. Yeah, but please, and also let us know, like, however you want to get involved. I think what we want to do is create a culture of engagement where people feel like, okay, they actually have a role to play in this process. It's not Mm -hmm. something that's so high up or so distant, because I think that's speaking to what you were talking Mm -hmm. about, where it's like, well, I can't ever even talk to these people because they're too far away. And so we want to be able to help create that. So, yeah, go on our website, share our page with people, share it to 10 friends, donate to us if you'd like to. All of those things are helpful for us on the campaign. Yeah. Okay. Again, let them know uh, when they can vote, early vote, yes. vote, yeah, yes. all of that. Give so them the deets. Early vote starts on February 20th, February 20th to March 1st, and then election day is March 5th. Mm-hmm. Your last day that you could vote to be able to vote in this primary is on Monday. What's today, the 3rd? Mm-hmm. I think today's mm-hmm. the 3rd, so February so 5th. 5th. Yeah. yeah. And I also want to add a piece in here, too. So we've started Tuesdays with Chenko, where on Zoom for about 30 to 45 minutes, anybody anywhere in the state can hop on Zoom and okay. ask me any question they want. Okay. Because we felt like politicians are inaccessible. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, if you're a public servant, but then you're not being available to the public, 
Yeah. How are you going to best serve? There's, serve a, there's, yeah. a, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we started Tuesdays with Chenko. So it's TuesdaysWithChenko.com. Hop on, ask us a question, whatever. We could talk about barbecue, faith, <laughs> Meg, and Nicki Minaj. We could yeah. talk, talk about all that. We could talk about all that. But we want to be able to allow for people to be able to ask those questions and feel like, man, this person that wants to represent me, they it they're here. I can mm-hmm. talk to them. Okay. So, and this primary, you know, the election against Ted Cruz is in November. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the Democratic primary is to see who's going to come out of this primary to go against Cruz. So mm-hmm. it's important that on March 5th, or if you like to vote early, yeah. February 20th to March 1st, that you vote to make sure that, you know, we're in the general election in November. Okay. Okay. Well, we are excited. Yeah, vote. Um, before you go, by any chance, do you remember the um, think quick question? I Girl, remember two of them. I just told this man I smoked marijuana. I don't remember that <laughs> okay. kind of stuff. <laughs> so we used to do these. We used to do these series of questions yeah. <clears throat> where you cannot think about your answer. Okay. Like we give you the answer, we give you the question, you have to answer. Now I, I only know remember, I remember two. the bar soap. I know because that was yours. Yes. So we'll each, each ask you one, okay. and they're both kind of random. So my question is, if you hit the lotto and we say $250 million, what is the first thing you will get? Oh, man. What immediately came yeah. to mind is getting my mom a house. Okay. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind. Okay. 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 And mine, um, <laughs> which soap do you prefer? Bar soap or like shower gel? Shower gel, 100%. Okay, and what We're brand? So it depends. I'm I'm flexible. We're looking at wife so, over here. No, I'm flexible. <laughs> I'm flexible because mm-hmm. growing up, I did a lot of the Dollar General mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of, you know, like the Old Spice, but the Dollar Store version of <laughs> yeah. Old Spice. So, yes, they are different. I don't yeah. think people know that. It's different. They feel different. <laughs> so that's what I did before. But now, I'm saying like I'll upgrade a little bit. <laughs> I, still, I still can do that. But yeah, like Old Spice, I think there's... Um, Man, I'm trying to think about some of the other shower gels that I like. Um, there, well, that's a good it, answer because see, now you're thinking. Now I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking. Yeah, just, that's fine. We're just a very anti-Irish so, is it Suave, 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 suave. There you go, suave. Okay. No negatives. We we gotta we gotta come back we gotta up out of it. Yeah. Okay. But we dove just very, only. Okay. I need dove, dove really do need you pay me because <laughs> I've been saying for dove for years because I only use the pink bar. I only use the pink bar dove. That's it. She has preached my face and everything. Dove to every like independent artist in the Houston area. Like I swear, I'm, I bet you they don't use Irish Spring no more. But yeah, we this is an anti-Irish Spring platform. Why? It's just inappropriate. Okay. It's just inappropriate. <laughs> if you can purchase your own soap, it should not be Irish Spring. Okay, that's good to know. That's good no, to no, know. No, no. So, so we got to get off swap. No Irish Spring. Add that to the policies. Okay. <laughs> no Irish Spring. Remove it from the shelf. That's okay. sad. I can't remember those questions, but that was very long time ago. I well, really no, I think those are just our two favorites. And yeah. as we said, we've been doing this a long time. Long time mm-hmm. so, yeah. Well, I got two questions for y'all, if that's okay. Okay. So one's going to be a little serious, and then one's going to be a little bit more playful. Is that cool? Okay. okay, hit us with a serious first thing. Serious? Oh, so, if there is one issue that you would want government to fix for your personal life, what would that be? Ooh, I have two and I can't decide between the two. And I'm writing it down too, so. Um, for my personal life? Yeah. You want me to go? You need some time to think? 
Or are these no. quicks we can't think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would definitely say maybe on the healthcare side, um, I'm a woman that struggles with endometriosis and infertility. So I think it's insane that Texas really, mm-hmm. the prices of these fertility clinics, how mm-hmm. much these doctors work with pharmaceutical companies for the, the charges of these hormone shots and rounds of, you know, yeah, just stuff like that yeah. to have life. Um it's just it's just crazy yeah, mm-hmm. that I have to get a part-time job or work at Starbucks just to use their insurance to get mm-hmm. IVF. Like, yeah. I have to now hustle and scam, yeah. you know, to build a life, you know, to have a child. I just think that that's, that's just crazy to me. That's my big issue that I think I would want somebody that's happy in for me. Okay. Okay, well, that was one of mine, so I let that be yours. Oh, okay. And it, the example I was going to give is I have a friend that I met. We were, like, in an online support group for infertility. She actually relocated across the country so that they could afford mm-hmm. wow. in vitro. Mm-hmm. And because I think at the time, this was years ago, we both were looking into in vitro. It was, like, $16,000 yeah. where we wanted to go. And she relocated, and her insurance covers, like, three rounds. So she actually has three kids now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even thought about in the uh, inclusion Mm -hmm. of insurance. Not Blue Cross Blue Shield, Texas. Yeah. So since she took that one, I would say adoption costs, Hmm. which obviously is personal to me. Like, we were blessed to be able to adopt twins, but it took legit miracles for us to afford it. We had to travel cross country to do so. And realistically, I don't think that we could do it again. Like, Mm -hmm. because it would take miracles for us to afford it. Like, Mm -hmm. so I wish, even through the state, because I tried through the state, I was a foster parent for years, and that was a whole nother disaster. So I wish that adoption, you know, because you always see people talk about how many children are in the foster care Mm -hmm. system, but also when I was a foster parent, the things I went through with my agency, it it put me in a place where I just couldn't do it again. So I fostered like three kids, mm-hmm. like four. Cause I think maybe one was you only had for like a couple of days or a week yeah. or something. And but each time I was told all these different things. At the last minute, I didn't know I had to have like a fire inspection in my house, and it cost all this money, and I failed it. Mm-hmm. It was like a three hundred dollar permit downtown. It was insane. Mm-hmm. So I just wish. For those of us who choose a different route to parenthood, that it could be more realistic so that more of us could do it, so that more of these children could be placed in you know, loving homes. Mm -hmm. That would be mine. Yeah, Yeah. and on the foster care piece, you know, so Texas actually has, I believe the latest rankings is like one of the top five worst foster care system yeah. so it's something that is really I mean our state really struggles there we're not giving kids the opportunity being able to grow up with that yeah. Yeah. adoption is too expensive mm-hmm. foster care system is broken so it's just a whole yeah. mess yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. okay and what's the lighter question yeah lighter question is right now who is y'all's favorite artist Oh, it's easy for me, PJ yeah. Moyton. Yeah. PJ um, Moyton is hands down my face. And, and why? That's what, and let me ask that why. Okay, I just love his music, his sound. I'm like an old person, you know? I, I like older music, and he's he gives me, like, the best of both. 
especially when you see him live, he plays the piano, he has a live band, his voice, his music, the lyrics. He's just my way. I'm going to see him every time he comes to the Houston area. I think I've seen him like four or five times. And it doesn't get old. You feel like it's each time. I want him to do the same songs every time and <laughs> just add some of the new ones. I want to see the same list every time. And I'm going to sing it just how my lungs. I cry sometimes. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I do for real. It's a good, he's just a really good show. I don't, I mean, I don't understand why he's not where I feel like he should be. He's been Grammy nominated. Yeah. He's won a Grammy. He's, he is. He's just in his yeah, lane. He yeah. has his but fans. I, he has his, his yeah. lane. And, yeah. I feel like he's very... Like, a lot of my favorite artists, I feel like it's just their subset. They not, like, of what I feel they should be. Like, the Ari Linux, those types. Um, I don't really have a favorite artist at this moment. I'm a beehiver, so... I'm a Beyonce fan. I have been all my entire life, yeah. so... Beyonce and that's really about it for me. I'm yeah. still really old school. I, I listen to a lot of old music, so Lil Kim and yeah. um, anything Cash Money, anything yep. No Limit, because I'm from Louisiana. Yep. So the Shreveport is, the Shreveport is coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we discussed, you guys. Hurricane Chris, he knows who Hurricane Chris is. Of course, so, of course. Yeah. So yeah, that's just me. That's just me. I don't have it, all these new artists. I don't know who they are. Yeah, we've gotten to that age where it's like I don't know who this little boy is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. very like I'm stuck in '90s R&B. I could survive off of just listening to '90s R&B yeah. for the rest of my life. Or like she said, Ari Lennox, uh, yeah. Jasmine uh, Sullivan, like Victoria Monet, maybe yeah. this is probably the newest one for me. But did I, you like her new album? Uh, yeah, 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 I really enjoy Jaguar. So, but like, I don't, I don't have to go buy the album or hear him in concert. The only person I am going to concert for is Beyonce. 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 And then if like Master P doing a tour, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna go see yeah. Master yeah. P or like yeah. Lil Wayne or something. But I. I no, these new people, they can stay at home for all I care. Yeah. Except for me. It's crazy that knowing Hurricane Chris was something that you were surprised about. Because yeah. he, here, at least in Houston, growing up, a baby, I mean, when I say that was like the number, during yeah. that stretch. That really? Yeah. yeah, like without a doubt. So I actually would almost like feel insulted. Someone was like, do you know who her? I'm like, excuse me, do I know who Hurricane Chris is? That's funny. My husband makes constant fun of me because Players Rock is probably my favorite Hurricane Chris yeah. song. He's like, you are the only person that knows this song. And I'm like, no, all of Shreveport does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like, Hur- who does nobody care about Hurricane Chris? Well, I do. No, no, here in the city, Hurricane Chris, yeah. it was That's, a pocket. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. know that. And maybe it's the hometown thing, too, because I will fight behind UGK. And oh BJ BMD, nobody ever mentioned yep. BJ. They mentioned 25 lighters, but not him. That's and true. I, I, I've made that a fight. She's talking about me. I know who you are, <laughs> sir. You're the only one who does it. They'll mention a song, but don't know who it is, or they assume it's like Fat Pat or somebody. Yeah, that's out. true. When you went to Dallas, did you hook up with Bebe? No, I didn't. I didn't. So if y'all have any connections up I don't, there, let us I know. I mean, I could probably get... I am from Shreveport. Bebe yeah. is from Shreveport. I could probably find somebody to say like you need to need to talk to him because baby always want to act like he in the know he always want to act like he's so smart so he has this opportunity to prove himself to be that's no shame baby i'm just saying Uh (laughs) i was in i was just in 
Beaumont. Beaumont. I was mm-hmm. in Beaumont a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. but we're actually going to go back through Jefferson County mm-hmm. again soon. So we're going to be actually be announcing some of the spots that we're going to be going to before uh, the end of February. So, yeah. and I'll let y'all know. So if there are any people, yeah. especially in East yeah. Texas, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. If it's on the weekend, I'll come home. Yeah, yeah. Come point, on. Like for real. Yeah. They actually, oh, they actually just opened a new restaurant in Beaumont, um, in downtown. I forgot the name of it, but it's a good restaurant. I, I would go back there again. Like it's. Oh, I think I saw a post about yeah, it. I, I think mm-hmm. it's. I think it's back home. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a post about. It. They say it's really good. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, let the listeners, the viewers, because also this will be our episode for next week. So okay. let our listeners know how they can find you, how they can tap in. Yep. What's yep. wrong, producer? What you're saying? We're right here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you can find us on all social media platforms at Chenko for Texas. That's T C H E N K O F O R T E X A S. I know I have a little funny last name, so I got to make sure I <laughs> say it. So Chenko for Texas on all platforms. And then um, on our website, ChenkoforTexas.com. And so that's where you can find us. Please tap in with us. Send me a text message at 832 786 0809. Glow said, make sure it ain't after 8.30, baby. <laughs> At an appropriate Period. time, it's spoken for. Okay, and we don't play those types of games. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you. so much for coming. We wish you all the best. We appreciate it. Thank we you. We definitely will support you however we can. Thank you. We will keep the retweets going, shares, all that. And I'll be voting as my yes. first time as a Texan. No. Uh, okay, I'm not a Texan. As a person that lives it's in Texas. That came off smooth, though. You uh, might be a Texan now. It came yeah. off easy. Come on. That was disgusting. That's why. Oh, gosh. But yeah, we are so excited for you. We wish you the best. We will be keeping you on our prayer list. Absolutely. 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 But thank y'all, too. I mean, I think behind the scenes, we're talking about y'all been doing this for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Right? That's incredible. So thank y'all for that consistency. Yeah. If there's anything I can do to be helpful, just let me know. Listen, don't play that. Because if you get, if you know somebody at HBO or something, (laughs) let us in. (laughs) But no, it's funny because when you were talking about it, you were like, y'all were doing it before it was a thing we really were I was Mm -hmm. just recording our episodes because I wanted to be able to listen and the only way I knew to keep it and go back and listen was the podcast app so we weren't trying we were internet radio show but I just wanted to keep all our recordings because I'm a cancer and that's what we do so yeah things just came into place that's neat Real need. No, y'all keep doing your thing. Like I said, anything I can do to be helpful, just let me know. Thank you. Right, Thank so you. So we will be using the hashtag T High Fachenko. That's what I came up with. Okay. Fachenko. I there like that. We'll it's perfect. Yeah. So you. check back in with us. Let us know what's up. Yeah. Let us know what we can do. No problem. Congratulations in advance. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. No, appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Blessing. All right, y'all. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and on Twitter at T in the Shade. That's T E A in the Shade. If you're on Facebook, you could join us in our group Tea in the Shades Tea Hive have a great week guys we'll catch you next week deuces bye